powerful thoughts, things that we think about, we dream about, that we look at in our lives. But the one thing we must always recognize, always understand is that everything flows from, it comes from the fact that God is our creator, that God is our sustainer, that God is the one that gives us everything that we need to make it through today and every day. And so while we know that, it also, according to God's Word, it's important that we take the time every once in a while to go back and to remember exactly what it is that Christ has done for us. You know that Christ came to this earth and He died on the cross for our sins. And He was buried. And three days later, He rose again. And because He did, by believing in Him, that we can have life, hope, forgiveness, salvation, and heaven through His name. And so right now, I want you, as you're gathered there together with family, with friends, to just take a moment as we look to the scriptures and talk about that that night before Jesus was going to the cross, he gathered his disciples together and he had a conversation with them. And according to the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, that even today we're to remember exactly what it is that Jesus said and what he did. And so in this moment, I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads wherever you might be, to close your eyes wherever you are, and to do according to what God's Word says in 1 Corinthians 11, to simply examine your heart, to look inside, to make sure that you are where you need to be in relationship with Christ. And what that really means is that there's not unconfessed sin. There's not something that is a dividing line or a a separation between you and God because of your sin. Sin is what keeps us from Him. And so what we need to do right now is wherever you are, if there is something that you need to get right with God, that in this moment with your head bowed and with your eyes closed, you do what it says here and just simply say, God, I'm sorry. The Bible tells us in this passage that if we come to this table in an unworthy manner, that we will actually pay a price for that. And so just take this moment, wherever you are, ask yourself, am I right with God? And if not, call 1 John 1, 9 into action in your life right now, where it says that if we confess our sins, that He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Heavenly Father, I pray that today as we come to your table in this moment of communion, the last Sunday of this year, God, help us to make sure that we are where we need to be. God, we are sorry for our sins. God, we're sorry for what we've done that has separated us from you. God, we pray that you would forgive us and cleanse us. Lord, that you would help us to, Lord, be in perfect communion, fellowship with you. So God, that we can begin a brand new year walking with you, telling others about you, pointing people to the cross, to the empty tomb, Lord, because of what you've done. And God, for that, we give you the praise and we give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And today, as you take the bread that is before you, and as I read these words, I just encourage you in this moment that together as family or friends, or maybe even by yourself, that we come to the Lord's table. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And as you take the cup today, 
In verse 25, it goes on to say in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. It goes on to say here, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Today, we remember what Christ has done. We remember the great love that God showed to all of us when he gave his son, Jesus. And as we remember that truth, as we remember that gift, as we remember the hope that is found in Christ and Christ alone, make sure that you proclaim his death until he comes again. Let's together remember and celebrate because of who Christ is. just about every one of us. I don't think there's any of us now having come this far that hasn't had a friend or a loved one that's gone through COVID or, or at least, uh, you know, has hit you in some way, shape or form, maybe by way of a job loss or financially or whatever it might be. And we all know that this is a very, a very difficult year in so many ways, even beyond COVID. And it's good to just sit back close our eyes and just enjoy the presence of the Lord, knowing that he is good. None of this has caught him by surprise. And we can remember that even in the midst of the darkest valleys this year, he never left us and he was never going to, and he's carried us all the way. And now as we look towards another year, a new beginning, let's look back one more time and remember just how good he is. Can we do that? you try this last verse with me it goes like this when we walk through life's darkest valleys we will look back at all you have done come on and we will shine
faithfulness of God. Aren't you grateful today that no matter what we might be going through, that God never fails in his promises, God never walks away when we need him the most, that in good days and in bad days, that God is always the same. He was the same yesterday, today, and he will be the same forever. When you go into scripture over and over, we see promise after promise, statement after statement, description after description of exactly who God is, that God is good, that God loves, that God cares. And so while we have been through an interesting year in 2020, there's no questioning that. But we also recognize and understand that in a year that has been uh, overwhelming, in a year that has been uh, at times difficult to understand, God has always been faithful. And so on this last Sunday of 2020, I thought it would be good for us to go to a passage that can help us to get ready for a brand new year. Now, I've got to be completely honest with you in full disclosure. I have no idea what 2020 is going to look like. I know what I pray that it looks like. I know that I pray that it's radically different than what we've experienced in this year. I pray that there will be an end to this virus, to this pandemic. I pray that there will be an end to the economic uncertainty. I pray that there will be an end to the division and that we will see unity, that we will see people coming together and not coming together from a political spectrum, but rather coming together around the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm praying for revival in 2021. I'm praying that in this coming year, what we will see is God doing a miraculous and an amazing work, not only in our church, not only in our community, but around the globe, that we will see an outpouring of the power and the hand of God in this world, unlike anything that we, in our lifetimes, that we've ever seen. And so that's what I'm praying for, but I've got to be honest with you, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know whether it's going to be a great year or whether it's going to be a good year or whether it might be a worse year than the one that we're finishing up right now. But regardless of what this year looks like, regardless of what it might be, the one thing that I do know is God is faithful. And so as long as we keep our eyes fixed on Him, as long as we stay connected to Him, walking with Him, running after Him, getting to know Him better day in and day out, Regardless of what this year looks like, what I know is this, is that we will see the power of God in our own lives. And so today, that's what I want to talk about. I want you to turn in your Bibles with me today to Philippians chapter 3. It's a familiar passage. It's one that is, for me, going back all the way to my teenage years, it's one that's been very meaningful to me. I've read it many times, and, and I've used it even back when I was younger, and I didn't quite really understand what it was trying to say. Uh, it was an inspiration to me, and so I pray that today, likewise, it, it's an inspiration to you as we begin a brand new year. And so before we jump into this passage, 
I just want to take a moment and pray that God would bless the reading of his word today. Father, we thank you today for the opportunity that we have to open your word. God, I thank you that you spoke, that you breathed these words out into the hands, the hearts of men who wrote these words down thousands of years ago that even today continue to speak truth and life, Lord, into ours. God, that we would see, as Hebrews chapter 4 tells us, that your word is living and it's powerful, and so it changes us. And so, Father, as we spend some time today and walking through this passage, I pray that we would be encouraged. I pray that we would be challenged. I pray that we would, Lord, understand what our responsibilities, what our duties are as it comes uh, to following after you. And God, I just pray that what we would see is, Lord, you do a, a miraculous work in our own lives, even in this day. And Father, if there's someone watching today or someone listening, Lord, someone who's had the opportunity to, uh, Lord, to join with us together in this worship service this last Sunday of 2020, and they don't know you as their Lord and Savior, Lord, I pray that they would end this year as a child of God, that they would understand that what it really means to be a child of God is to believe that you love them, to believe that you love them so much despite their sin. You sent your son Jesus to pay the price for their sins, that he died on the cross for their sins, and he rose again three days later. And as a result of that great promise, God, that today by believing in him, believing who he is and believing what he has done, that today would be the day that they would believe and accept you as Lord and Savior. And God, for that, we will give you the praise. We'll give you the glory in all that you're going to do in our time together here this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to read this passage from Philippians chapter 3, beginning with verse 7. And so if you would just join with me, follow along. I hope you have your Bibles with you or phone that you can open up the Bible app. And if not, the words will be on the screen. But regardless, I just want you to, to understand, to soak in these words that come directly, not from me, but come directly from God. It says in Philippians chapter 3, beginning with verse 7, But everything that was a gain to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Because of Him, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them filth, so that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. Not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God, based on faith. My goal is to know Him and the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His sufferings, being conformed to His death, assuming that I will somehow reach the resurrection from among the dead. Not that I have already reached the goal or I'm already fully mature, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. What a powerful, powerful passage and a perfect passage for the end of a year and getting ready to walk into a brand new year. Statements that we can grab a hold of that can change radically, transform our lives even today. And I pray that that's exactly what God will do. And so I just want to take some time to kind of remind us through God's Word, like what's really important. And we live in a time and a culture today where we are being told all the time what's important, what matters, what really is the, the most important thing, that what our priorities should be. And today what I want you to see, what I want you to understand is that what your priority should be is Christ and Christ alone. And so today what we want to talk about is how we can forget the past with a heart for the future. And so in order for us to make sure we do that, we have to kind of reverse, uh, rehearse some truths that are found in God's Word. And the first one is just simply this. We have to always recognize that the things that I thought mattered 
the most don't really matter at all. The things that you thought mattered the most, they don't really matter at all. Let's go back to this passage, the Apostle Paul writing verse 7, but everything that was a gain to me, I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. What Paul is writing here, he's not trying to say that things are bad. He's not trying to say that accomplishments are bad. He's not trying to tell us to go find a mountaintop somewhere to to go sit on and to meditate and, and get away from all the things of this world. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is that we have to have the right priorities in place if we're going to be who God called us to be. If we're going to actually accomplish what God has called us to accomplish, we have to make sure that we recognize what really matters. And so when Paul wrote these words, that everything that I thought was a gain to me, those things really don't matter because I've considered those things to be a loss for Christ. Now, how does that relate back to our own lives and our own journeys? Well, we live in a culture today where everybody thinks that our value is based on what we have It's based on who we are. It's based on what we do. It's based on what we live. It's based on what we drive. It's based on all of the kinds of things that that our society believes are important, that are of value, that should be our priority. And so what Paul is saying here is that our natural human condition, our human nature is that, that we should care about the things that the world cares about, that we should be focused on, that that should be our priority. And Paul reminds us here, and I remind you here, Don't let that be what you do in your journey. Don't fall victim to the traps that Satan has has laid out for us in this thing called life. So often that we get to the place that we think that the things are so important, that that is what is our ultimate goal and our ultimate importance. And what he writes here very clearly, everything that I thought was important, everything that the world says was of value, everything that the world said, this is what you need to have, and this is what you need to do. Those things that you thought were a game, what you really need to do is turn it upside down and recognize that those things don't matter at all, that they are a loss when it is compared to Christ. Here's what that means. That means Christ better be first in your life. Matthew chapter 6 tells us this, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. You see, what God gives to us there in the book of Matthew is a very clear description. Jesus' own words. Listen, focus on Him and Him alone. Focus on Him first. And here's what will happen is your priorities will get in line. Your priorities will be in order. And the things that truly matter will be what you matter about. And when that is what you're focused on, when that is what you are doing, then what God will do is He will overflow your life with all of the good things. Now listen, this is not a prosperity gospel. I'm not telling you today that if you put Christ first, that all of a sudden God is going to give you all the things of this world. What I'm going to tell you, according to God's word, is that if you will put Christ first, God will give to you the important things in life. That he will recognize that when you truly have Christ first in your life, what you will understand, you'll understand what really matters. And those things are the things that are of God. Those are the things that God will bless you with. And so Paul makes it very clear here, those things that I thought were important, they're a loss when it relates back to the idea of Christ. Here at Thomas Road, coming up on 65 years as a church, one thing that we have always been focused on is making sure that we are good stewards of what God has placed into our hands, that it's not all about stuff, and it's not all about money, it's not about possessions, it's about impact, it's about life change. And we've seen God do some remarkable, miraculous things in our, in our lives here at Thomas Road. In fact, if you remember about a year ago, 
We challenged you as a church to, uh, to give in the end of year giving, to give money towards planting churches all around the world. We challenged you to be faithful in giving, and, and I, I'm here today at the end of 2020, in a year that's been kind of radical, kind of out of control, and I can tell you that in the last two years, because of our faithfulness as a church, do you know that there have been 5,536 churches planted around the world? Primarily in, in countries like Kenya and Tanzania, the Democratic, Democratic Republic of Congo, 5,536 churches planted, but it doesn't even stop there. We also go on and recognize that in the last two years, because of those churches, that over 48,000 people have been baptized, people who have come to Christ and have taken that next step of obedience and, and walked into baptismal pools all over the world. Some of them uh, were rivers, some of them were creeks, some of them probably were cow troughs out in the back behind a hut. They have made the decision to trust Christ and taken that extra step, that next step in obedience to do what Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 3. But it doesn't even stop there. So 5,500 churches have been planted. 48,000 plus people have been baptized. But listen to this number. 148,000 people have trusted Christ as their Lord and Savior as a result of the faithfulness of the men and women in this room, in this church, in this family who have given. And here's why that's true. It's true because we recognize what really matters. What really matters is not having stuff. What really matters is kingdom impact. And so as Paul made it very clear, the things that we thought, the things that the world say mattered the most don't really matter at all. But as we continue reading this passage, the, we, we quickly move on to the next verse, which tells us this, and making sure that we're getting things ready for a brand new year, is that our ultimate goal should be to know Him, to know God, to know Christ. Look what it says in verse 8. More than that, Paul writes, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Because of him, I've suffered the loss of all things and consider them filth so that, here it is, that I may gain Christ. Think about those words that Paul wrote. Everything is lost. Everything is filth. Nothing is really important except for this, knowing Christ, of becoming closer to him of having a relationship that is radically transformed because he is my God, because he is my father, because I have put my faith, my trust in believing in Jesus Christ, that he died and that he rose again. And so, so often what we do in our lives is we allow other things to take priority in our lives rather than our devotion to him. And Paul is using this verse in verse 8 of, of Philippians chapter 3 to remind us, and man, today I want to make sure you get it. As we walk into a brand new year, don't ever lose sight of the fact that our ultimate goal, our ultimate responsibility, our end game should be simply this, to know Him better. That's why we do what we do here at Thomas Road. It's why we challenge you to read through God's Word. It's why we challenge you to be prayer warriors. It's why we challenge you to give. It's why we challenge you to serve. Because all of those things point our hearts, they point our lives, they point our wallets, they point everything in our lives towards Him. Our ultimate goal is to get to know Him better. And I pray that as we begin a brand new year, that that's going to be your heart. That's going to be your direction. That's going to be what drives you in 2021. And by the way, that is the beginning of revival. 
You see, oftentimes we pray for revival and we lose sight of the fact that revival is not something we can ask for, you know, God to do somewhere else and hope that it and pray that it spreads all over the world. If we're going to pray for revival, revival has to begin within each and every one of us. In other words, your prayer for revival, my prayer for revival, it needs to be a prayer that God would revive us first and then everything else. And then other people are impacted and then other lives are changed. It has to start with us. And the only way to do that is to recognize that our ultimate goal, our responsibility, our job is to know him better. Verse 10, it says this, my goal, Paul writing, is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. And so he reminds us here in verse 10 that, man, our goal is to to understand really what it really means that Christ died and that he rose again, but also to understand the suffering that he went through as a result of that. The why. Why is it that Jesus died? Why is it that he allowed himself to go through the horrific pain of, of crucifixion? It wasn't because it was in some master plan somewhere that had nothing to do with us. It was because of our sin. That's why Jesus died. And so Paul reminds us, hey, if you want to have the right kind of heart, if you want to make sure that you have the priorities in place, if you want to make sure that you're, you're, you're focusing on and following after that goal of knowing him better, man, you better know the power of his resurrection and you better know what that suffering was all about. And so that's our ultimate goal. And what we have to see And Paul reminds us here in this passage is that knowing him requires commitment. Knowing him is not something that happens by accident. You don't just naturally get closer to God just by going through your day and doing what the rest of the world does. No, growing in him and knowing him better and becoming closer to him requires a commitment from each and every one of us. Look what it says in verse 12. Verse 12 says, not that I've already reached the goal or I'm already fully mature, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. In other words, he gives us the key here. He says, listen, because we've been changed, because we've been saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ, and he uses a statement here, and I want this to be the statement that grips you here today. Here's what he says. I make every effort to take hold of him. Every effort. That's commitment. Every effort. That's work. I make every effort. That means that you have to be diligent and disciplined in following after him. I shared with you last week here at Thomas Road that that we're challenging all of our church to read through God's Word in 2021. And and we're taking an extra step of of challenging you to read through God's Word in six months. Now, I said it wrong last week, so forgive me. And those of you who are doing the math, when I said it takes about three chapters a day, it actually takes about six chapters a day, about 25 minutes a day, in order to read through God's Word in six months. And so I just want to make that commitment and I want to challenge you to make that commitment that together we're as a church, we're going to read through God's word, the entire 66 books in the Bible in the first six months of 2021. And so on January 1, it's going to be on our website, it's going to be in our app, and you can begin, we're going to start in Genesis chapter 1 and we're going to begin reading through the entire word of God. And so I just to challenge you January 1, when you wake up in the morning, 
Man, go to our website or go on the app. And if you have, don't have the app yet, download the app and, and find it. Get into it and start that day reading six chapters. It's about six chapters a day, about 25 minutes. Now you say, hey, that's a big commitment. It is. But you know what? Gallup poll tells us this, that most people spend over four hours a day on social media and in YouTube. And so listen, making the commitment of 25 minutes a day to read God's word is not that big of a commitment, but the benefits are immeasurable. And so I just challenge you to begin reading. Now listen, if you don't have access to a website, if you don't have access to the app, on Sunday, the next Sunday, you can come in here, the first Sunday of January. We're going to have hard copies, printed copies that we can give out to you. But just start on January 1. Just start in Genesis chapter 1 and read six chapters that day and six chapters the next day. And then come back in here on the first Sunday. We'll make sure we give you that reading plan. But we're going to make the commitment, make every effort, as Paul says here, that we are going to take hold of him. Reading through God's word. It takes commitment. Because of Christ's gift from the cross, we must recognize to make it our heart's desire to grow in our faith. In 2021, my, my passion, my heart, my desire for each and every one of us is that we will grow this year in ways that we've never recognized before in our relationship to and in our faith in Christ. You see, becoming spiritually mature never happens by accident. It takes commitment. And so I challenge you as we began a brand new year in a couple of days, man, make the commitment, make the decision, be deliberate, be disciplined. I want to know him better. And so knowing him requires commitment. But here's a big one. And we just sang about it a few moments ago, talking about we will remember what God has done in the past. And that's an important song. It's an important thought because here's why. Because so often what we do is we allow the things of yesterday to dictate, to determine where we are today. And so what we have to do, and Paul reminds us here in verses 13 and 14, letting go of yesterday, we must focus on tomorrow. Look what it says, verse 13. Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead. I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. In other words, what Paul is saying here, listen, I have to let go of yesterday. And what we do as, Christian, uh, as Christians, as followers of Christ so often, is we let yesterday dictate what happens today. We allow the failures of yesterday to, to slow us down, to trip us up, to keep us from experiencing God's best and God's uh, hope for us for tomorrow. And so what we have to do, and Paul reminds us, uh, listen, forget what happened yesterday. Here's a good thing, and probably something that will be easy. Probably we want to do this. Forget what happened in 2020. Forget all about what's happened in the days past and focus on what God has yet ahead. Focus on what God's plan is for tomorrow. Focus on what God has for us in the days to come because that is what really matters and it is the only way we're going to see revival. It is the only way we're going to grow in our faith. It is the only way that we are going to change our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ is when we let go of our past failures and we focus on the victory that God has already promised. You see, today what we must recognize is one of the greatest threats to the church, one of the greatest threats to each and every one of us as Christians is allowing the pain and the failures of yesterday to determine the level of our commitment tomorrow. You see, we see what happened in our past. We see where we messed up. We see what others did to us yesterday. And we allow that pain and that suffering, that sorrow, those failures 
to get us to the place where we say, you know what, it's not worth it. I'm not willing to do what it takes. I'm not willing to take the next step. I'm not willing to go the extra mile. And here is what Paul challenges you to do, but make no mistake, while these are Paul's words in the book of Philippians, it is God's heart. God breathed these words out there in the inspired, infallible, inerrant word of God. And here's what God says, forgetting what is yesterday, forgetting what is past, and focus on what lies ahead. Our goal, the goal that we pursue The goal that we must be diligent in seeking after is knowing him and growing in him and telling the world about him. And that is where we will see change. That's where we will see a world that is unified. That is where we will see a world that comes together of understanding who God is and what he's done. That's where revival is birthed. And so my prayer for you today is that your daily pursuit will be one of following after Christ, no matter what. 2020 is almost done. A brand new year is just ahead. I don't know what next year looks like. I don't know what it's going to hold, but here's what I do know. I know the God who breathed these words out 2,000 years ago is still the God of today. The God who did all the miraculous things that we read about in Scripture The God of yesterday is the God of today and he will be the God of tomorrow. And the only thing that will keep him from being the God in your life that will take you to victory upon victory upon victory is not him, it's you. So what's your commitment today? What are you going to do in 2021 to make sure that he is Lord of your life? And I pray, I challenge you, I encourage you in the strongest way I possibly can to focus on him first, to seek him and his righteousness first and let God do everything else. Would you pray with me? Father, today I thank you for the challenge that your word gives to us when we need it the most. And we're here at the end of a year and we need to be challenged. We've had a rough year. And now we're walking into a brand new year, God, with, with uh, Lord, just potential, with excitement, praying that, Lord, next year looks totally different than what this past year has looked. But God, I know this. I know that the only way that will be possible is when we put you first. And so I pray that's what we will do. With our heads bowed and with our eyes closed, wherever you're seated right now, I, mean, I just want to challenge you. That if you've never come to the place in your life where you have simply said in your heart, in your life, that he is the Lord of my life. I believe that Jesus died and that he rose again. I believe that he is God's son. If you've never come to faith in Christ, salvation, I just encourage you right now to pray that prayer. God, I'm a sinner. God, I'm sorry for my sin. God, I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he died and that he rose again for me today. I believe in Jesus. Save me today. Forgive me of my sins. Change me today and change me for tomorrow. I pray that you make that your cry, your heart, your passion. And I can guarantee you that if that is who you are and what you will do, that what God will do in your life and what God will do in the days to come will be something that will truly amaze you. Because the God of yesterday is the God of today. But he's also the God of tomorrow. God bless you, and let's make 2021 the greatest year of our lives. Let's worship together.
Thank you for joining with us together today as we see what it is that God has done for us all. And today, if you've made a decision for Christ, or if you would like to talk further about what it is that God has done for you in the giving of His Son, Jesus, I would encourage you to email me at the address that is on the screen, pastor at trbc.org. We would love to connect with you to help you begin a brand new journey with Christ. If you would like to help contribute to our ministry as we take this message of the gospel around the world, go to the link on the screen today and help us help others with an amazing message of God's love.